Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and go to whatever podcast app you use and hit that subscribe button. If you like to watch our podcast, we have a YouTube channel as well. Go check us out there and leave some likes and some comments and get in on the conversation. While you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about Raised on the Radio. A little side note here for you musicians and artists out there. If you like the beats you hear on the show and need some inspiration or would like to get a hold of one of these beats, make sure to hit up our good friend Ace Ha at Ace Ha Beats on YouTube and at Ace Ha Beats on SoundCloud. Raised on the Radio has teamed up with Morphogen Nutrition out of Columbus, Ohio. This is a company we have been following for a long time and we stand by their products. They literally have everything you need to give your health a boost, whether that be physically or mentally. They have pre, intra, and post-workout supplements, nootropics, multivitamins, mind and mood boosting supplements, etc. Best of all, all of their products are GMP certified, manufactured in the USA, and third-party tested so you know you are getting a no BS, scientifically validated, effectively dosed supplement that you never have to question. Just go to MorphogenNutrition.com and use discount code ROTR for 10% off. It is that easy. We recently added Bioptimizers to the Raised on the Radio family. They are backed by some of the best biohackers, doctors, scientists, and health and fitness leaders in the world, and we are excited to get the chance to promote them. My personal favorite is Magnesium Breakthrough. I take this every single night before bed, and it helps tremendously. Magnesium Breakthrough has seven different forms of magnesium, which most people don't understand that they need. The common misconception is that they need just more of it. The truth is, there are many types of magnesium, and each plays a critical role in the different functions in your body. So, go to bioptimizers.com and use code ROTR10 for 10% off. If you're listening to this show right now, you have probably heard hundreds of other podcasts promoting supplement companies. The truth is that a lot of these big supplement companies are throwing money at these podcasts, and the research isn't being done. They take the money and promote the product. A lot of these products, whether that be in pill or powder form, have so many ingredients that they can't put enough of each ingredient in it to be beneficial for the claims they make. We just wanted you to know that we are true to the companies we promote, we use their products, and we would never promote them on the show if we didn't 100% believe in their products. Raised on the Radio's listenership continues to grow with every episode. We are always looking for great sponsorship and collaboration opportunities. If you or anyone you know has a business they are trying to grow and want to jump on board with us, email us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com. We would love to connect. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach out through email or on the social medias. You can reach us at raisedontheradiostl at gmail.com or on the Raised on the Radio's Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok pages. We also have a website where you can find all of our content. Head on over to raisedontheradiostl.com. As always, if you have any questions, concerns, comments, or topics you would like to get our thoughts on, don't hesitate to reach out. And now, let's get into this episode. Hey everybody, thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show, I am Cole Brocato, Patrick Blair with me as usual. Okay, so probably a month ago or so, uh, Cat Williams was the big topic, basically throwing all comedians under the bus. Um, And one of those comments that he made was basically saying that Joe Rogan's friends that he has on the show aren't funny. None of them are funny. And with that comment, me and you kind of spatted back and forth about it. And I really didn't think that it was a good idea that Cat Williams goes on Joe Rogan's podcast because I didn't really feel like either one of them would really benefit from it. 
you really wanted this to happen uh, a month later after everything kind of died uh, a month later here we are and I get a text from you with Cat Williams on Rogan's podcast so you did call it I'll give you that um, did they just pop up in your feed did you see any hype behind this happening because I didn't see any of this like I didn't see this happening at all I didn't see any hype about it until it popped into my feed but okay. Joe Rogan and Cat William Cat Williams are they're in my algorithm. So okay. naturally I'm going to see that right away. Um, but it was t- t- two, two days ago and yeah, I was right <laughs> that he would go on, but he didn't need to. It was, let's just get into it. You want to see what happened? I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'm going to, right, so here's what I did. I immediately clicked on it cause I had, I was not doing something at the time, thankfully. And I'm going to stop it where I actually stopped it when I started it the first time. Here we go. You ready? Okay. So hang on. Before you start, are you going to start this at the beginning of the episode? The very beginning. I'm going to show you how far I made it. Because my question was going to be, how awkward is it in the beginning? Oh, it's awkward. And now that I've seen clips and heard other people talk about it that actually sat through all three hours of the awkwardness. Oh my God, it was three hours. He kept Cat Williams there for three hours. Uh, close to it. I want to say Jesus. it might be, it might be shorter. Well, let's see. Uh, hold on. That's the wrong one. Here it is. Three hours, five minutes. Holy smokes. Which, you so know, it, that, which, you know, that means there was probably, it was probably a four hour show. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. You know, they were definitely there for quite some time. So here's how long I made it. Ready? The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan podcast by night, all day. What's up? How are you? <laughs> I can't believe we never met each other until today. That's kind of crazy. It's really weird. It's kind of crazy. It was always like at the store, they're like, Cat was here last night. I'm like, fuck. It was always two ships in the night. Right. I would. I would see you and not be able to get to you. Low, low like, energy, dude. small, but only if you're mediocre. <laughs> is he nervous? It's big, it's a vast. No. Vast you don't think so? Place. I'll get to this. I'll get to it. It's vast and it's also small because yeah. there's so few of us. And world. So did you hear what Kat said? It, probably not because I was talking. What, what did he? He essentially said, yeah, let's back it up. Okay. So, Sorry, my important. bad. No, you're good. Okay. I would see you and not be able to get to you. Like, comedy is small, but only if you're mediocre. Okay, so he said comedy is small only if you're mediocre, okay? So think about what he said. Sit on that for a sec. Yep. (laughs) It's big. It's a vast, vast place. It's vast and it's also small because there's so few of us. And worldwide... We were talking about this the other day. There's maybe 500 of us on the planet. <laughs> you know, you got to be real generous and say 500 because it's really probably about 250. Right. But like legit comics, guys you want to hang out with, guys who are fun, yeah, guys no, who you recommend. Your number's going down. Your number's going down. Your number's going down. <laughs> guys you'd recommend, leave your house, get a babysitter. That's as far as I made it. Turn it off right there. So one of the biggest criticisms across the internet about Joe Rogan is he's, he's the one that started this. 
the whole he and he even lowered the number in the last two years. I, I don't know. It was probably two years ago when he first said this, but there's only like a thousand comedians on earth, which is impossible. <laughs> there's a thousand comedians around him where he lives. Right. But oh no, it's it's only people who we consider legit or pros or whatever. And now he's reduced the number to five hundred. I don't know. It might have only it might only be two fifty. Joe, there are fifty states. <laughs> you mean to tell me there are that few comedians in each state? Come on. He that's what I'm saying about this bubble that he lives in. It's but it, like you can YouTube Joe Rogan one thousand. You'll find hundreds of videos of people talking about this. Wow. And it's one of his biggest talking points now when he has another comedian on the show and it's just it rubs me the wrong way that would be like me going yeah there are only like a thousand bands on earth right that are worth mentioning maybe even 500 might even be 250 right you know how much you know how big of a prick i would sound like so i stopped there i didn't make it past that i was like here we go so then i waited i waited and i waited i was like naturally all of these channels that love to shit on joe are eventually going to start releasing videos talking about this and pulling clips and i was like i'm gonna let them do the work for me i'm not gonna sit through this because <laughs> cat was low energy right there and it didn't change now that i've watched clips i don't know in context to the three hours where necessarily those clips are but from what i've seen people talk about joe hit all of the normal talking points aliens ufos does it seem animals. like does it seem like Cat's energy ever came up? I don't think so. Or was that it? Now, was he just that high? Uh, that might have had something to do with it, but I have a theory. Okay. So, you know this as, as well as I do. When Joe Rogan has, um, especially comedians on his podcast, typically because it's such a big show, Joe will just hit all those talking points and everyone will just agree with him. Because they're afraid to disagree. They're afraid to push back on anything that he says. They're on the biggest podcast on earth. They want the views. They they don't want to be. And you would think one of these idiots would have been. Sorry, not idiots. You would think one of these people would have. Kind of idiots. One of these people <laughs> would have called him on something eventually to go viral. Yeah, right. To get to to be the person that called out Joe Rogan on some bullshit. But none of them do. Shane Gillis does sometimes. But they're like buddies now. He's been on there so much. He moved to the same town as Joe Rogan. He playfully pushes back at Joe on some things. And I actually enjoy watching Shane Gillis on the Joe Rogan podcast. <clears throat> but do they still do that? At, do they still do that other show? Yeah. They do. Okay. The Protect Your Parks or yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is actually kind of entertaining because it's just four guys sitting around shooting the shit. And then halfway through, they're all shit. Like to watch them just progressively get more intoxicated it's kind of entertaining but from what i've seen watching other people talk about this cat actually pushes back on a lot of his talking points like ufos and what if we're all what if aliens are real and ai and all this shit he likes to talk about that bores the piss out of me cat actually pushed back on some of this stuff so i think i have a theory that Cat Williams very strategically said what he said on the Shea Shea podcast, which, by the way, has over 60 million views. Jesus Christ. I think he very strategically said what he said about Joe Rogan to get on Joe Rogan and then come on Joe Rogan and be the way he is 
low energy, thinking about things, not being a guy who's going to go, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Joe. I think he's trolling him a little bit. If you look at his face when he said, there's probably only like 500 of us. If you look at Cat Williams' face, he's like, all right, I see what he's doing here, but I think it's dumb. So He has so, this look on okay, his face. So you're not saying that he specifically went on Club Shay Shay for, for that. You're just saying that he strategically threw in the comment about yep. Rogan and his friends just to make yeah. this happen because he knew that Rogan would make a comment. I think so. But I, I, but I think, but I think the point of it was he knew if he said something like that about Rogan, that would be the viral clip. And then once he gets on Rogan, he can be, a, it's a completely different interview. It's a completely different podcast. Now, maybe it's because he felt like he could open up to Shannon Sharp because if you've ever watched Shannon Sharp ever on any show, Shannon, doesn't know when to shut up. He just let Cat go. He didn't have a choice. <laughs> well, I mean, he could well, have tried that, to reel that him was in a the little e bit. That was the easiest 60 million views he's ever gotten. <laughs> oh, ridiculous. <laughs> easiest thing you could do. Yeah. But with this, with this, I feel like it's now Cat being this different guy. And again, he's a weird guy. And like all crazy artists, they have mood changes and mood swings and they're different with different people. And I, I really do think it was kind of a, a somewhat of a plan all along, somewhat of a plan all along to get on the Rogan podcast and then be exactly opposite of what Rogan expected. But I, okay. Just my theory. It's my working theory. Okay. Do you want to see some clips? Well, well yeah, but what I'm, what I'm trying to remember is in the interview with Shannon Sharp, did Shannon Sharp bring up Rogan and his friends no. or Cat did nope. by himself, right? And here's the thing. He never said Joe Rogan's friends. We've all done that. We just assumed that he was talking about Joe Rogan's close buddies like Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer and Ari Shafir and those guys. Cat uh... Williams never used the word friends. He said he's got six comedians that he has on there that he wants to push out to the world or whatever. He didn't use the word friends. He used the word comedians. Okay. So hmm. we all did that. We all just assumed that Cat was talking about the regulars that go on a show. He could have been. But I would be shocked if Cat Williams has ever watched more than five minutes of any Rogan episode ever. I wonder I wonder if Kevin Hart still has his podcast. And I'm I I, I just out of curiosity, I wonder if if Kevin Hart would have reached out to Cat after all the shit that Cat said about Kevin Hart. I wonder if he would have went on his show. There have been a few people that have talked about it. Kevin Hart is not one that I've seen. You would think that that would eventually come into the algorithm at some point, but maybe he didn't. I know that uh who was it Chappelle got on stage somewhere I don't remember who it was and he started talking about it and D-Ray Davis kind of came in uh, Chappelle didn't like the fact that Cat was calling out black comedians essentially like he kind of felt like it was counterproductive and D-Ray Davis was 
defending cat and that's a, a again a clip that kind of went viral i want to say or maybe i just i saw it because again the algorithm but is so closely fit to my algorithm or whatever but uh so there have been people that have definitely like and this was like again on stage there have been a few people that have that have done it and i remember uh I want to say Corey Holcomb was on stage and was talking about Dave and then Donnell Rawlings was like yelling at him from the back and then Kat came up somehow. Again, this was a clip that I saw, but I didn't watch the whole thing. But we don't have to watch this whole thing. And this is just like, I'm just going to play the beginning of this. But essentially, these two got so high. This is kind of where the conversation started and ended. This is kind of funny. Okay. <laughs> Hold on, we missed it. Sorry, yeah. sorry. I was just looking at Rogan's face, like, dude, you are out. Of, you are not on this planet anymore. Okay, here we go. What oh, if we man. find out that we're aliens? Oh God! All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not qualified to be having any of this conversation. What do you think ghosts are? You think that's I, real? Why do black people like menthol so much? <laughs> What's that about? What? <laughs> God, we got some good weed, cat. You know, uh, you know what would have been epic is if so. You seen that clip of uh, Dana White on is it Howie Mandel's podcast where he just walked off? Yeah. If Cat would have just done that, like it, one of these questions, just been like, "Dude, what the fuck?" and then just got up and left. The problem, yeah, the problem, and, and again, the problem. I kind of thought the, about that too. Well, I don't know. I was gonna say the problem is, is that that podcast probably wouldn't have gotten put out, but it's live, right? But I mean, they could take it down, I guess. Yeah, I mean, they don't have to release it. I, yeah. Here's what here's what I don't like, and we can stop talking about it because again, I I don't know that it produced anything close to what the the Club Shay Shay podcast produced, obviously. But the fact that Joe didn't bring up what cat said but did he in no he didn't you're he po didn't. you're positive even i mean i'm, I'm watching it about 90 percent sure it the, the so the clips that i just played came from this other channel that i watch because again he just shits all over everybody again it just comes into my feed and he actually has some interesting takes it's called podcast cringe but he likes to talk about rogan he likes to talk about Bert kreischer and all these guys, but um, if there was anybody who was going to bring that up, it would be this guy, and he didn't mention it. I watched his full 18-minute video, and he didn't mention it. So the fact that he didn't bring that up, I, I really wanted – but that's why I wanted Kat to go on. I wanted him – I yeah. wanted Rogan to question some of the things Kat said. You know, for instance, the joke theft. Joe Rogan – Honestly, his claim to fame is going viral on the internet for calling out Carlos right. Mencia. Yeah. People knew who he was before then, slightly, as the Fear Factor guy, as the stand-up comedian, but as the UFC guy. But that really, but to call, as yeah, a stand-up... Yeah, to call out Carlos Mencia, who at the time was... The biggest star huge. on Huge. Yeah. And he was, at the same time, calling out Dan Cook. You know, he went on Opie and Anthony and said that Dan Cook stole... Um, so the fact that Kat goes on a podcast and accuses people of stealing jokes and Joe doesn't bring it up, 
I don't know. That uh, I'm not going to say that he was afraid to. Maybe he just wanted to keep it civil and have a normal yeah, Joe Rogan I, talking point yeah, conversation. I, I wonder but if that's it, lame. I wonder if it was strategy, and I wonder if he knew that from the get-go, like trying to get him on the show. I think he was just trying to ride the views that he the Club Shay Shay interview was getting, thinking he's going to get the same just by having Cat on. Well, remember, Joe immediately responded on Twitter when he when that went viral and his name came up. Joe immediately said, hey, man, I'm a fan. Come on the podcast anytime. And Joe Rogan has several times on his podcast, to, you know, uh, was very complimentary of Cat Williams. You know, he said never had anything bad to say about him. But you would think this guy goes on this, this show and goes viral times 100, essentially, nearly. And mentions his name, mentions joke, joke thieves, mentions comedy over and over and over again. They don't really, again, from what other people have said about it, I could be, you know, maybe I'll give the whole thing a chance someday. I have to do some cleaning tomorrow. Maybe I'll put it on in the background. <laughs> but for him not to bring it up is just, uh, why'd you have him on? But also... The, you got Cat Williams on to get high and talk about aliens? Right, That's that, fucking boring. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. But it also is the platform. You have two of the biggest comedians in the world. But but what I'm saying is that not talking about comedy. Yeah, that's Rogan's go to. And I think Rogan was probably semi nervous to have Kat on the show thinking that he was going to do the same thing that he did on Shannon Sharps. See, I don't think so, man. I think that, but I think that's why. Joe Rogan started with the, I can't believe I haven't met you. There's so few of us. It's so crazy that I haven't met you. That whole fucking thing. He should have just, I'm not saying he should have, and I'm not saying he should have started with it, but to have him on and not talk about any of the things that he said, whether Rogan's response is negative or positive, to me just feels, again, why'd why'd you have him on? You, 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 Okay, here's my thing. But, I don't want him to have <laughs> Cat Williams on to talk about the craft because that annoys the fuck out of me. Right. What I want him to have, what I want to do is, hey, come on. Tell me about Cedric the Entertainer. And then Cat Williams could go, tell me about Carlos Mencia. Tell me about all these things that happen, if Cat even knows about that. But that's an interesting story, and it's very pertinent to the history of stand up comedy that Joe Rogan did that. You know, called out Carlos Mencia. They talked about, you know, Dennis Leary being a joke thief. And I don't, you know, a lot of people were annoyed. No, I'm sorry. The people who were defending Carlos at the time were very annoyed that Joe Rogan felt like he had to be this purveyor of stand up comedy. But at the same time, you're working in the same club as this guy. You know, he steals jokes. He's stolen jokes from people that are close to you. Bring it up. And it obviously helped him. Cat Williams goes on this podcast and talks about incredibly famous people right and and not in a positive way so to me they have something in common there granted joe rogan's was what 12 years ago or whatever it was at this point but that still doesn't matter right. chop but, just talk shit but the thing is is that if names come up that rogan is friends with or something like that then he's going to be in this position where he feels like he has to defend these guys and now we're looking at an argument between the two Versus... I don't think Cat Williams knows who Joe Rogan's friends are. <laughs> I really don't. He's from a different world. It's it's like I told you. I know. You, I get it. 
uh, again, I think it was the show, one of the solo ones I did where I talked about Gary Owen, talked about yeah. white comedians don't know the black comedy world. They just don't. Right. I don't. And I, I think for Kat, it goes the same way. I don't necessarily think he's aware of the Joe Rogan stratosphere of comedians and all of his buddies. Maybe. Again, I could be wrong, but I don't know. I, I thought it was going to be one of those moments where I was like, hell yeah, dude. I called it and I didn't want to be right, but I wanted it to be entertaining. And it, for me, it just wasn't. I didn't make it to three minutes. Like I said, maybe I'll revisit it, but whatever. Speaking of comedy, did you see Shane Gillis on Saturday Night Live? I heard the monologue. I did not get to see it. You heard the whole monologue? Uh, close to it. Really? Yeah. I, well, let me just say this. So, like, for those that don't know, Shane Gillis uh, is a stand-up comedian that's blowing up right now. He's got a Netflix special. He's got an incredibly successful podcast, which, by the way, you know they have 80,000 monthly listeners on Patreon or something like that? Really? Or it might even be more than that. The numbers are just astronomically insane. It, it It's ridiculous and they put no production value into it it's two guys with microphones who does he do it with matt mccusker another stand-up comedian okay uh he's pretty funny and he's definitely funny on podcast and they definitely those two together have an insanely good chemistry um so it works and i i do enjoy their podcast but he before he started blowing up was hired onto saturday night live as a cast member and was fired two days after being hired because, you know, when you go on Saturday Night Live, they vet you and they go back and look through your history to make sure, hey, anything going to come up? Anybody going to find anything weird? <laughs> they took an out-of-context clip from a podcast he had done years prior. We talked about this on, on, the, on our podcast, Jesus, so long ago, but because mm -hmm. it was that long ago. Three years now? Probably. Easily. But he used the uh, C word when referring to Asians. But again, it was out of context. He was playing the part of a slumlord in New York City. They were talking about New York City and they were talking about slumlords hiring and, um, you know, uh, taking in Asian tenants. So again, he wasn't using the word in a derogatory way, meaning he was like directing it, directing it at, directing it at someone, geez, or... Um, anything like that. Nonetheless, he got fired for it. People didn't like it. And he was canceled. I'm using major air quotes there. Um, but here we are three years later. He's blowing up. They ask him to come host. He also does a, a sketch comedy show on YouTube, which is actually really funny as well. So he lives in that world. What, what Saturday, Night, Saturday Night Live does, he lives in that world. And he's good at it. It's funny. So... Hosted, did his monologue, and immediately the media backlash was not great, obviously. That's what backlash is. But a lot of people were saying that he bombed in his monologue. I didn't feel that way at I all did, I when I watched I it. disagree. But I also feel like people went in to this with a weird notion. Wanting him to bomb. Yeah, they, they kind of wanted him to. And the reason well, why I feel that to too fail. is because there was a lot of hype behind him coming on coming back on the show. Like to sure. do to do this, there was a lot of like higher ups in comedy world, like really praising him 
for doing this. But he's also not the first one to do this. Norm McDonald did this also. Well, and Norm he, was on the show longer than two days. Yeah, for sure. And he did get fired and then they invited sure. him back. But also Norm McDonald is was, rest in peace, hilarious. Yeah. True. So But also in his, he basically said, you know, they they fired me, which means that I'm not funny. Now I'm here to host this thing, and either that means that now I'm funny or that the show sucks now. <laughs> One of the two. Yeah. And to go on there I and say that is hilarious. He talked about later, after he went on, um, he was on the Legion of Skanks podcast, and he talked about how he got advice from Louis C.K. Okay. Before he actually did the show, because Louis hosted quite a few times, I want to say. Okay. And... Louis basically gave him the advice of, hey, don't do anything new. Do your best jokes. So just pull from your pull from your act, do your best jokes, and you'll be fine. And Shane was like, no, I think I'm going to try new. Like, I think I want to, like, change it up. He's like, and Shane was like, Louis, didn't you do all new stuff? And he goes, <laughs> Louis goes, Shane, I'm a much better comedian than you are. <laughs> Which is funny. And, and Shane obviously laughed about it. But let's see if he bombs. I, I so the other thing I want to say about this too is if we if if by the grace of a higher spirit we started getting guests the caliber of a Shane Gillis, he would be in, be my like right now would be my number one pick because to me it's just I relate to so much that he talks like when he talks about how he grew up, when he talks about things, I relate to it. You know, I know Pennsylvania is not the Midwest, but it's close enough. Right. A lot of the shit he talks about, like going to Catholic school, uh, playing football, playing sports. It's just so much of it I relate to. So I think like he'd be an easy person to talk to. Now, again, he's never going to come on our show. Maybe. I'm selling a short already. Just, you just want to <laughs> shut off the mics now? Anyway. So I preface this with saying, do I think he bombed? No. I'm also a fan. And I also, but I think he's a good joke writer. And I think he's good at what he does because he's just there. What you see is what you get. He's a regular dude. What do you What do you think about him calling out the fact that he's nervous? Is that weird? Or you think he needed it? Or do you think he threw that in no, while he so. was there? No, I don't think so. But it, the way that he does it is self deprecating in an endearing way. It's not. Yeah. It's not cringe by any means, or it's like I don't think it's like panic mode by any means. That's the problem with this shit. It's like. You have some of these guys that are the, like his caliber who really, really want to be self-deprecating. But then two minutes later, they're praising themselves like a Burt Kreischer. Sorry to keep shitting on Burt, but like the dude just does not stop talking about himself. Yeah. And he turns every conversation he's in now into like a therapy session, but he doesn't let anybody else speak. He just talks. <laughs> Here we go. Anyway. Thank you very much. Uh Another funny thing. So he did say on this podcast too, the Skanks podcast. So typically, if you go on here, they want you to wear like at least like a jacket, not just a t-shirt. Mm -hmm. And Shane was like, um, yeah, I'm not going to do that. He's like, I'll put on a watch. They're like, <laughs> okay, good enough. Maybe again, he's joking about that, but that's funny. Did you pay attention to this redheaded woman in the back ever when you watch this? Uh, To the right, like to the right of his head right to now? To his right. Uh, no, I don't think so. Okay. Watch her. 
Okay. People talked about this a lot too. <laughs> oh wait, maybe I did hear people talking about this. L- let's go ahead and watch. Okay. It. Uh, it's uh, yeah, I'm here. I, uh, <laughs> most of you probably have no idea who I am. Uh, I was actually I was fired from this show uh, a while ago. But if you know, don't look that up, please. <laughs> if you don't know who I am, please don't Google that. It's fine. Don't even worry about it. <laughs> I uh, I don't know. I this is I sh- I probably shouldn't be up here, honestly. I should be home. I should be I should be a high school football coach. That's what I should be. Like God molded me perfectly to be a high school football coach slash ninth grade sex education teacher. <laughs> but that is <laughs> that is what I want to be. That is you know I can feel it. It's in the, It's like my true calling. And you feel, you know, I can feel it, you know, I'm getting older, it's passing me by. You know, like my biological clock is ticking on this stream. You know how like, uh, you know how like when a, a woman's biological clock is ticking, she sees like a baby in a stroller and is like, oh my God, your baby. Like that's how I am if I see like, like a big 15 year old, I'm like, oh my God, look at the size of that kid. <laughs> With the right coaching, that kid could be something special, I'm telling you right now. <laughs> I actually, I come from a long line of coaches in my family. My, my father is actually a volunteer assistant girls high school basketball coach. <laughs> He's actually here right now. You get him on there? Yeah. There he is. There's my dad, the volunteer assistant girls high school basketball coach. <laughs> I thought it was funny. All right. Shitting on his dad. You to bring my dad here to make fun of him for being a girls' high school basketball coach? All right. (laughs) I thought it was great. Never mind. Thought that was going to be a big hit here. Uh, Now, my mom's up there with him. My mom, (laughs) I'm not going to make fun of you. My mom asked me this a lot, and it's kind of an intense question. My mom asked me, she's like, when did we stop being best friends? And she's right. We used to be best friends. You remember that when you were a little boy and you like you loved your mom and you thought she was the cool. You remember when you were gay? <laughs> you remember when you were just a gay little boy? So right here, he's taking chances. Yeah, for sure. The, the saying "gay" now on Saturday night, Saturday Night Live is not the easiest thing to get away with, especially when you can tell like he legit was hoping that talking about his dad there was going to get more of a laugh than it did. I think it did fine. See, that's the thing. Like people say, I, I well, I'm not. I think I'm he not, was just doing I, that to add. I don't effect to the fact that he was making fun of his dad. I don't know. If so, he's re- he's really good at this because he does that. But if you've ever watched his stand-up sets, like he does that often. Okay. Where he'll just kind of like, but again, I think it's this like sort of self-deprecating, like I'm an idiot type thing. Okay. But I think it's a part of the joke. Like, ah, maybe I'm wrong, but again, I think it's just. A part of the joke. I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I could be wrong. Every little boy is just their mom's gay best friend. There's literally zero difference. <laughs> I was gay for my mom. She would pick me up from school. I'd hop in the van. I'd be like, girl, tell me about your day. I thought she was cool. I would listen to her music. I'd be like, bam, 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 bam. Let's go, girls. I would, I would dance for her. Just... She'd be like, look at my little dancer. But uh, my mom asked me when we stopped being best friends, and I don't, I don't have the heart to tell her. 
because like most men, I know exactly when me and my mom stopped being friends. It was, uh, it was the first time I whacked off. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, <right>. before, <laughs> before that, you're like, oh, where's my mom? I love my mom, she's so cool. One nut, you're like, when's that bitch gonna leave the house? I have so much business to attend to. <laughs> All right. I hope I can say those words on TV. Uh... <laughs> anyway, my whole family's here, so I'll talk about them instead of anything else. Uh, talk about my family. I'll tell you this. I don't know if you guys, uh, if you can tell by looking at me, but I do have family members with Down syndrome. <laughs> it almost got me. I... I dodged it, but it nicked me. It nicked me. <laughs> it's funny. So this is a normal joke. Yeah. Like this, he definitely pulled from his act. Yeah. It's, it's good. And he gets shit for it still. Like some bullshit writer or some bullshit somebody will fucking, you know, months after the fact, hear this and they'll go, I can't believe it. But it's if you listen to what he's saying, it's like, how are you even questioning this right now? Listen to what he's actually saying. Listen to what the joke actually is. Right. It's what, look, I don't have any material that can be on TV, all right? <laughs> I'm trying my best. Also, this place is extremely well lit. I can see everyone not enjoying it. <laughs> this is, uh, Those aren't this fake laughs. I've ever been. Don't clap now. Shut up. <laughs> No, I talk about. I brought up Down syndrome. You got. You can always tell who's never been around Down syndrome when you bring it up. Like if I tell people, if I'm like, yeah, I have family members with Down syndrome. People that have never been around it are always like, oh, like it's like it's the end of the world. Like, oh, are they okay? Are they doing? It's like they're doing better than everybody I know. They're the only ones having a good time, pretty consistently. They're not worried about the election. <laughs> they're having a good time. My niece. <laughs> My niece has Down syndrome, and uh, I thought that was going to get a bigger laugh. Uh, <laughs> I thought we were allowed to have fun here. Uh, but no, my niece has Down syndrome. It's a funny thing that happens when someone in your family has Down syndrome. It goes, when my sister was pregnant, everybody was, like, very, very scared. And then once, you know, once they come into your life, you realize that's easily the only good member of your entire family. It's crazy. And then your family gets, like, too proud. Like, now every single day in my family's group text, it's just pictures of my niece. And every day, somebody else in my family comments, she looks exactly like Uncle Shane. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, I see it a little. <laughs> and there's no denying it, she does. She looks like me with bangs. <laughs> just happy, just. <laughs> but my sister, my sister, my niece's mother, she didn't know she could get pregnant, so she, she foster cared and then adopted three black kids. And then she finally got pregnant, and now she has a kid with Down syndrome. And uh, her husband is from Egypt. He's an Arab guy. You go over to their house, it's like getting in the craziest Uber pool you've ever been. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. <laughs> like, how did you guys meet? This is... <laughs> but there's something, I don't know, my niece, one day, I'm not saying it's like something I'm looking forward to, but I think it'll be a nice thing uh, for the whole country. Uh, I would say when my niece is probably in like fifth, sixth grade, out at recess, and some white kids out there like, hey, you're not allowed to play with us. You're retarded. And then uh, three black kids come flying out of nowhere. <laughs> and start wailing on that cracker. Everyone's going to be like, oh! It's like, it's like a nice moment. <laughs> yeah, you guys you said cracker. Uh, <laughs> 
No, we, uh, <laughs> my family and I, we actually we opened a coffee shop in my hometown for people with Down syndrome to work at. And uh, it's going, don't clap. <laughs> I didn't do it for the claps. I did it, uh, you know. It's going exactly how you'd think it would go. <laughs> it's doing well, actually. Lying around the corner every day. Not because there's like a ton of people going, but service is... <laughs> Everyone's getting apple juice. We don't know how to fix that. <laughs> <laughs> there's one thing you know... <laughs> There's one thing you notice, though, when you work with these guys, and it's very, it's funny. There's literally, there's zero difference between us and them. And uh, especially at work, there's no difference. Every day these dudes show up to work just. <sighs> and you're like, what's your problem, dude? They're like, I hate this job. So, <laughs> all right, hey, we've got a great show for you tonight. That's definitely not a bomb. No, uh, you did say he was taking some risks. Man, throwing the R word out there. I understand yeah, yeah. the context that he did it in, but that's that that may be for me the biggest risk of the night. That is not it a is word that's taken lightly. It, but again, looking at the context of how he said it, shut up, everybody. I know, I get it. I mean, but I get, I yeah, I get it. That word bothers people now. But like, I don't know. We don't have to get into a whole thing here about words you can and can't say. But I mean, there has to be we as people have to understand how to communicate and have to understand context and nuance in the things that we say. And, you know, we were watching a guy on an entertainment comedy show say these things. It's like, what exactly are you taking seriously about what he's saying? And I get that some people do. And I know many people ask the same question I just asked. It's never going to change. I don't, I don't see how we, I don't see how we as people get better and learn to evolve if we can't understand the difference between somebody actually saying something and not saying something. I'm not going to say joking about something because that seems to be like the go-to now, like the get out of jail free card. Like I was just joking. Okay. Some people are just joking. Some people are not. And they deflect by saying I was just joking. He's obviously just joking. It's his job. To just joke. Yeah, I you know I, I just I don't see things getting better. I think they're gonna continue to get it's gonna get worse. Worse and it's all because it's of it's all because of social media and it's all because everybody has this platform to say whatever they want and to voice whatever opinion they want. Whether and most of the time that's negative on purpose because that gets more clicks and that gets more likes and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. You have the right to not like something. You do. However, you don't have the right to get someone fired from something or, you know, things taken away from someone because you didn't like what they said. That's not how it works. Right. Unfortunately, tragically, that's kind of the road we're going down with some of these things. But how do you one how, day at a time, dude? You may be like me and you, you kind of like filter your social media um as far as like who you see, like people that you know that are just like constant negativity or constantly just ramming things down your throat. Like, do you do that? Do you kind of try to filter that out as much as possible? You just scroll or scroll past it. Uh, to be honest with you, man, the only site that I have to worry about that on is Facebook. That's true. Most of it's there. Yeah. Honestly, I, you know, and maybe that's just because 
I'll say this. I feel like that's what's face. I feel like that is what Facebook is for. Yeah. It's for people to get in these back and forth bullshit arguments where both sides think they're right. And the only talking points they spew are the ones that support their idea in the first place. So it's this endless cycle of nonsense of, of it's a battle of who could pick the latest thing that was said that supports my argument. And then the next person goes, well, I found this and look at this. It's like, yeah, but neither one of you are actually deviating from your own ideology. You're both just arguing the thing that you've always argued meet in the middle and, and work your way from there. But no one knows how to do that on that goddamn fucking shithole. I hate Facebook so much. Yeah. I'm only on Facebook because of our show because of music. And to be honest with you, I started a Facebook page because I had a friend pass away and I did a trivia night to make money for his goddamn family. And I was like, how else am I going to invite more people than the people I can text other right. than Facebook. Right. That uh, that was it. And it was so funny when I started the page, so many people were like, holy shit, you're back on Facebook. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. don't get excited. Because <laughs> it had been five years, six years since I had a Facebook page. I hated it. I still hate it. My my biggest but, my biggest thing is like with the negativity is that you're not like you can't think that you're posting this stuff on Facebook and think that you're like doing anything with it. Like just because you post something on Facebook doesn't mean that it's going to change. Like if you're posting it, you're wanting a reaction from someone else just so you can have the argument and just so you can say that you were right with what you said or what you posted. Right. You're right. But I'll tell you this, dude, it's given people a voice. That is what social media and the internet does for people it gives people a voice who would otherwise be afraid to publicly with their own face and mouth sure. and ideas for sure go in front of people and actually say them okay right and i don't think there's anything wrong with that okay but a lot of these people need to understand when you go to fa- when you take to facebook and you write a four paragraph five paragraph thing about how you hated how you don't like shane gillis and you can't stand the fact that he uses the word retard and he talked about down syndrome and he said the word gay guess what he's benefiting the most from that right and that's what people don't get right and that's why it's like fine say what you want but when you say what you want and then people people interject and they start arguing with you well, here's what the decision you can make. You could just go, well, I've said what I said, and I've made my peace with that, and I got it out. I don't need to get into a back and forth with a, str- with a stranger over this. Most people don't come to that realization. Right. Oh, they commented negatively? Oh, God, I got to go back now. And it's like, all right, have fun. But again, if people want to do that, that's on you. It, it, you know, for us in 2024 to question why people do that, or, you know, certainly don't complain about it, but even question it. It's like, <clears throat> again, it's giving people that voice. It's giving people that that opportunity to say what they would be afraid to say in reality in front of real and in front of people in person. Right. So the connection is still there. Like, and that's you know, it's so funny. I watched that It's Always Sunny episode last night where they uh 
uh, I think it's like, I think the title of it's like, let's get connected or, but it's when they go to the gin bar, it starts there in the gin oh, bar. Yeah. And they just try to, they, yeah. Try to find they the guy, try that, to find that one guy that shushes them. <laughs> and the whole, the whole idea was like, yeah. we'll get connected on Facebook and they found him on Facebook, but it wasn't really him. And, but you know, the, I think the, the main point, the main joke made during that episode is, you know, they're all about like, this is how we stay connected. It's like, but people don't want to do it in person anymore. And then they finally come to the realization like, yeah, it's all bullshit. It's all bullshit. Right. You know? So I don't know. People want to do that. That's fine. Like I said, I hate Facebook and I certainly don't get involved in the back and forth. I mean, just the other day I posted something and some, I kind of know the guy. His comment was so, I was just like, dude, what were you expecting me to say to you right now? Um, when we post clips, I'll get an email notification, especially for like YouTube. <laughs> and I'll, I'll look at the person's name and it's like Death Slayer 317. And I'm like, I'm not looking at that person's comment. That's <laughs> <laughs> like, why would I even bother? <laughs> it's like, I already know how this is going to go. So I'm just going to leave it. Anyway. You so last week I talked about song stealing or song borrowing. Yeah. But you you mentioned to me before we started that there's a very infamous example of this that I I forgot about. When you mentioned to me, you said the artist, and I go, well, who? Did someone steal from them, or did they steal from someone? So tell me. So I don't think I don't this. really think there was any stealing involved. It's just the sound is enough. That I think one band, um, okay, so it's DC Talk, it's the song Jesus Freak, and I think they nirvanaed up this song from in the beginning of the song, because it's if you okay. if you take Smells Like Teen Spirit and you listen to it, it's there's a I mean it sound they sound a lot alike, not enough to where it's like oh this band stole it, but it's like. There's enough there. So which one came out first? Uh, I think it had to be Nirvana, but I could be wrong. So you're saying that DC Talk stole Smells Like Teen Spirit? I'm not saying they stole the it. Way. I'm just saying it sat, there's a lot of... Let's see. Okay. Um, so Look it up and give me a time. So Smells Like Teen Spirit was 91. And then DC Talk, Jesus Freak, was 95. So four years difference. Wait, that's remastered. Okay. Hang on, that's remastered. Let's see. By they, the way, I have no idea who DC Talk is. They are a, I know the name. They're a Christian band. Of course they are. Well? It doesn't matter. Let's listen to it. We're going to assume that Nirvana came out first. I'm looking at DC Talk and there's no way they came out first. Okay. <laughs> All right. Do we really need it? We'll we'll play a little bit of Smells Like Teen Spirit. All you need to do is sure, just play everyone. just play the first few seconds. The intro. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. Classic riff. Define a generation. Four chords. Everyone knows that, right? Yep. They should, anyway. I would hope so. Here is Jesus Freak. So they're a Christian band. 
They were huge. Interesting. Huge where? In the Christian music At community. Your house? No, in the Christian okay. music community, they were huge, dude. I think that's why I know the name. I probably saw them play live, to be honest with you. All right, here we go. Is this really how it sounds? Just that yeah, very. I don't really think it's the same, dude. I didn't say they stole it. I'm just saying it sound like they Nirvana'd up the beginning of that song. I think it's enough to where you you're can, talking about the you drum can, fill. You can hear it, yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's cl- it's close. <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> well now that I've heard Dave Grohl talk about his inspiration for the drum fills and the drums on those Nirvana records. Imagine how many people did that, that we don't even know did that. Right. You know, yeah. Like he talked, like took it all from funk and all that. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's the nineties. I was expecting something different. I was expecting like, you know, when I played that Beyonce song and that stupid Cartoon yeah, dude, songs. I had no God. idea. I had no idea about that until I listened to your. I didn't either. Podcast. That's that's pretty crazy. I didn't until I saw that video. I guess that was from TikTok or whatever, but it was similar. But it's the same chords, but it's different. It's there are only so many chords, only so many things you can do on instruments, you know. Right. But that's why I played that four chord stuff. It's like everyone uses like. I don't know if you watch that, but that Axum of Awesomeness, I think that's what they're called. That that four chord song where it's like they took all the greatest pop hits. Oh yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, they all use the same yeah. four chords. It's like variations of those chords. You can do that. You can still you know, people still do it today. Chain smokers, you know, Miley Cyrus songs, fucking call me maybe. Right. Same stuff. It's the same shit. What's but, the what, what's the one the uh I always loved those mashups that you would hear. I, it's like Leonard Skinnerd. I think it's um Sweet Home Alabama and a Nelly song. I can't remember what the um interesting. I don't remember pull that up. I'm trying to think of what it was it was was it Country Grammar? I think it was Country yeah, Country Grammar and Sweet Home Alabama, I think. There's something similar going on there? Yeah. Oh yeah. Mashup. Yeah, these are fun. I think I first heard this like in high school. Okay, get to it. I want to go. What's that next one down? Get low, Alabama. I want to see. I want to hear that. Can't stop us, do 
That actually works better. A little bit, yeah. Man, what happened to the Ying Yang twins? Are they still out there doing stuff? I don't know. Ladies and gentlemen. It's the one and only dysfunctional DK. Stranded at the drive-in. Branded a fool. What will they say? Hit me! Yeah, not a fan of that. I immediately regret your decision for playing that. <laughs> oh, here we go. I think I've heard this before. Where's Tupac? Don't tell me Tupac's on a song and They never take me alive. I'm getting high with my four five. Cops only suckers time to die. Even as a youngster, closing ruckus on the back of the bus. I was a fool all through high school, kicking up dust. But now I'm labeled as a troublemaker. Who can you blame? Smoking weed up, we take away the pain. So I'm hopeless, rolling down the freeway, swerving. Don't worry. I'm about You could put Tupac on any song and it's gonna sound good. Yeah, I like that. That was good. Let's do one more. Spice Knot. Spy, is it Spice Girls and Slipknot? Yeah. If you want to breathe my sulfur, that's pretty funny. I don't like how good this works. I love it, actually. I'm not going to lie. If I find this on iTunes, I'm buying it. <laughs> so I can have it forever. Dude, that's so good. I'm so I'm so I'm so happy that it, they would did it that way instead of doing like Spice Girls vocals over a Slipknot music. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That was yeah, pretty neat. Thank man. you to whoever did that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so before we get out of here, last week I did a throwback of the week. You want to do that this week? I have one pulled up already. Uh yeah, I want to play one song before that though. I want to pull up. What do you uh, got? Pull up P. Pablo. Oh yeah, that's right. I got Airplane it. mode. This so this is, came out when? A couple de- months ago. De- months yeah, ago. December. I didn't know P. Pablo was uh, doing the damn thing. I didn't either. Uh, 
as I told you off the show, uh, raise up popped in my head the other day for some reason. I'm not really sure. So I start. So then uh, Every day. I jumped in the catalog of Petey Pablo, started remembering all the good hits that he had, and then realized he just put out this song. Um, it's very Petey Pablo esque, and I'm just curious: is is it relevant for Petey Pablo to put out music that sounds like the same old Petey Pablo? Are people still sure. listening or should he change it up some? Just wondering. How many kids on TikTok are going to hear this and their heads are going to explode? I don't know. Are, are we bringing Plenty. it are we bringing it back around is the question. Are we bringing that his sound back? Did it ever go away? I don't know. Uh I would say there are variations of the sound that he found some success with. Well, let me ask you this. I if don't he, know that if, it ever went away. If he, if he puts out Freak a Leak tomorrow, is it as big as it was when it came out originally? <laughs> I would say no, but also, fuck <laughs> <laughs> it. This beat is very now. This could be a Jack Harlow song. Okay. You're singing the hook. I guess that's that DJ Sherry. I like the kick it and turn up. Stay out all night to the sun up. Hot like a flame, burn up. I can show you a few things. That's definitely Peter Pablo. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I mean, I like the fact that the song's only two minutes and 16 seconds long. That's important to me. Why? I like short songs, man. Oh, okay. Don't overstay your welcome. Get in and get out with them <laughs> okay. hooks. Okay. Is that in the third? I mean, I didn't know that airplane mode was such a hot topic that pissed people off that they had to make songs about it, but that's cool. I mean, there are I, several I, yeah. songs called airplane so, mode and I can only imagine they're about the same fucking thing. Yeah. So I didn't know that. I, I, I honestly, until you just said it, I didn't even think about it. You didn't even think about it. I didn't even think yeah. about that. That's what no, that it's means. About airplane it's basically mode like, on do, a phone. yeah, do not disturb. Like you put me on. Yeah, I can't, you, you can't reach me. I can't reach you kind of thing. Yeah, I, okay. Hang on, who is, is this DJ Sherry? That's not, I don't know. That sounds like, that sounds like a voice that was on like one of the Kings of Crunk album or something. I'm sure it was. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I think. Oh, 
they swat, they this, this, that, and the third. All day, all night long, do not disturb. Mm-hmm, that's right, you heard. Yeah. I mean, I think as stupid as the concept is, I still love the hook. I do like it. I do. I'm a fan. It's a good song. I'm going to buy that when our show's over. <laughs> I dig it. I like it. Petey Pop doing the damn thing. Yeah, he's still around. Good deal. All right, so I told what... you I met him, right? No, I don't think. Yeah, I think I did. It was the same Maybe. day that I met Lo Bow Wow and Jermaine Dupri. Okay. Yeah, same situation. Gotcha. Yeah. So what were Homeboy you going to do? Turned up. You were going to do a throwback. What, what's your throwback? Have you ever heard of a band called From Zero? Uh, y- wait. Yeah. Yes. Is that maybe? I think you introduced them to me. Is that the one with the? crazy looking kids on the front of the album it is yeah 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 okay did i show you the song on the other side um probably all right well we're gonna it's our throwback of the week so they're from the new metal days uh did not really take off i think the way the record label wanted them to so they they were featured on the season of the real world it was the real world back to new york which was like a big deal and they worked at a record label they worked for Arista Records. Um, okay. The real world cast it anyway. Um, and that's back when the real world was more than just like, we're going to go out to clubs every night and get shit faced and fuck. It was like, you have to like work. You have to like have a job and like be a responsible citizen. They got them jobs at Arista Records. And Arista, the reason this was a big deal is Arista was historically known as an R&B label. Okay. And... New metal was so big at the time that they, you know, we're gonna sign a few, one or two of these bands, and From Zero was their first non R and B hip hop like soul signing. Okay. Obviously, it didn't go the way they expected it, but I discovered this band. I went to a Deftones show. Deftones played the amphitheater here, and believe it or not, it was one of those shows back then. These bands would be so big and the shows would be so big and they put so many bands on them. They had a second stage. So they had a smaller stage set up like when you walked into the venue. And this was one of the bands playing it. And I didn't had no idea who they were. Wait, wait where, where I was is, already there. Where is this at? Where are you talking about? The, R- Riverport Amphitheater. <clears throat> where they normally have festivals. Dang, really? Yep. So the main stage was De- uh, Deftones, Godsmack, and... Puddle of Mud. It was supposed to be CKY, but it ended up being Puddle of Mud. I've heard many conspiracy theories around why CKY wasn't there. We won't get into that. And they had this side stage, this front stage. It was literally right by the gates when you walk in. And this band played it. And I was already there. And we were walking around just drinking beer and just chilling. And then this band goes up. And I was like, who the fuck is this? And then... uh Fast forward a couple of months later, the real world comes out. I was like, oh, that's that fucking band I saw. Immediately bought the CD when it came out. So what what caught your attention about them? Was it the band themselves? Was it their presence? <clears throat> was it their music? What was the... The music, the harmonies, okay. the hooks, the 
the live show. Yeah, just okay. a really, really solid band. And they definitely had the new metal look, which I don't want to play one of their videos because it'll probably get pulled. But yeah, it was uh, definitely, you'll, you'll, you'll hear it in this song. Here we go. This is The Other Side by From Zero. This is how we'll end the show. Creepy album cover. I don't know if I like it or not. I kind of want I'm sitting here thinking <laughs> I want to know what that guy looks like now. Because this would have been what, when? Like, what what year you think this came That's out? Guy, that guy's not in the band. I know, but this this is a guy now. So oh, I this wa- guy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Sorry. <laughs> now I get it. By the way, this is the softest song on the record. Okay. It's like, it was like their ballad, I guess, if you will. Gotcha. Listen to this hook. So one of the things that drew me to them, and they they did play this song live, is the harmonies live were great. And you weren't, I don't want to talk shit about bands from that era or any band in general, but there weren't a lot of bands pulling off live harmonies well. Some bands could, but this they, they, these guys were nailing those harmonies you just heard. And I was like, holy shit, like, what the fuck? Like, it just sounded like a complete thing that they had really perfected, which I was impressed by, but... Yeah, it was definitely a uh, that's definitely a hook from that time period. Yeah.
smack you in the face with a little new metal right here. <laughs> Say it again. I said, let's smack you in the face with a little new metal right here. <laughs> right. Cool band dude yeah check out sure. that record it's called one nation under it's so good that one it, of the more it, underrated records from that time so that, that, that never really that said that that came out in 01 like there was yeah it's hard to believe god damn. that i mean it's hard to believe that it was already that long ago but st- I, I don't know man that time period there were so many bands that sounded just like that yeah 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 i mean yeah it was dude new metal was huge yeah Limp Bizkit, I mean, by 2001, you have Limp Bizkit and Linkin Park and Korn. Just, I mean, they were, they were cultural icons. They were pop star. I mean, like pop icons in a way. Right. Uh, especially Limp Bizkit. Linkin Park in 2001 was just starting to take, like, Hybrid Theory had just come out. So it was like, you know. Uh, but, speaking of that, did you, um, did you see that Linkin Park just dropped a new song? That was no the it was the last track that was recorded by Chester. Okay, we'll save that maybe. Yeah, we don't have to pull it up. I was just wondering if you. I didn't see that. I can't remember what it. Hang on, let me let me pull it up real quick just to find out what it's called. So if people are listening to us, they can uh, get a hold of it. Um, It is oh, friendly fire. That's what the song's called. Friendly fire. Yeah. Yeah. I just see it now. So, I don't know if I'm in the right headspace to listen to that, uh, dude. I'm telling you, uh, I'm not trying to drag this on, but quick, okay, quick question. And if you you can just say no, it's not a big deal if you just say no. But have you ever had a song that like hit you right in the right spot at the right time to where like it like really emotionally hit you, like not to where you would cry, Several. but maybe maybe you do tear up a little bit. Several, sure. I had um i've got a, a playlist on my phone just called easy listeners so just like if yeah. i'm in a mood to just listen to something like not hard or anything just kind of smooth stuff uh one more i think it's one more light is that what the Linkin park mm-hmm. song's called yeah i can't listen to it dude it fucked me up i had to i i got halfway through the song and i had to change it yeah it's too hard to listen to like now that we know what we know about chester and it's just uh yeah it's one of those ones i avoid yeah it's a good song. I'm not saying anything shitty about the song. It's just, uh, 
I don't know, man. Well, like you know, Chester dying really bummed me out, dude. It yeah, it did me it too. Really like, me and out. I mean, you know, in the older records, like he he sang about some pretty hardcore stuff, but the new it wasn't until the newer records where you really are hearing what was actually you know going on in his mind. Like the song uh, "Heavy," I can't remember what the girl's yeah. Skylar Gray yeah. is that her name? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think any of us in the moment are dissecting it in that way. Right, we're not. Especially not with a band that's successful. We're not. Right. Some people might be, but I mean, I'm definitely not. He wasn't like the most vocal about his mental health either. Right. If I recall, I mean, I never really knew much. Of, I mean, not in, not as much as some people are. Like Caleb from Beartooth, for instance. Yeah. Like he's, but again, we're in a different time. You know, in 2001, 2004, even 2010. Men, let you know, dudes in bands, let alone men in general, weren't talking about their feelings, weren't talking about anxiety, their mental health, their mental state, like people are now. Right. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing that people are now. It's just a different time. Yeah. And I think that's why we didn't know that about him necessarily. Maybe, you know, maybe some people did flip open the the CD booklet and look at the lyrics and go, man, this guy's hurting. Maybe some people just well, I mean, saw even, it, you like know, I did. Even, like, even the dudes in the band, you know, Mike and, and those guys, like you have to kind of know, like they had to kind of know what was kind of going on with him. But music is also an outlet for musicians exactly. too. So it's exactly. like, yeah, this is what's going on in my mind, but I'm putting it into the music to give to other people. And that's my outlet. But at a point, you know, at some point for some people, it just gets so bad that that's not enough. Like you, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I just, I have to get rid of this completely. And the only way to do that is to not be here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And I will do that level of fame too. And trying to be a dad like he was and yep. a husband. And <clears throat> I, I, I don't know. I'm not him obviously. And, and, uh, haven't experienced what he's experienced. And I'm not even talking about music. I'm talking about life. You know, you don't know uh, what his home life was like. You don't know. All things considered, he was, people said he was a great husband, great dad. And just, he just, for whatever reason, just the, the fuse didn't stay lit for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Sucks. I'm glad we ended the show this way. Thanks, man. Now I'm depressed. <laughs> Appreciate you. My bad. Do you have another <laughs> throwback? <laughs> do we need a Do we need a pick me up here? Do you have like let's an do up, one more upbeat throwback? <laughs> let's do one more from zero song. Hold on. So glad you brought that up. Thanks, dude. My bad, dude. I didn't expect it to go where it went, but I was hoping you were going to shut me down after a certain point, and you didn't. <laughs> you just kept it going. We'll get to the hook of this song and call it. So, new metal, obviously. Guy's got a great voice. Yeah, he does. Going for a Chad Gray look. 
yeah, this music video bothers me, but the song's great. <laughs> Yeah, that guy's voice is great. Yeah. God, they were good. All right. All right, let's get out of here that for picked you up a little bit, again. did it? Hopefully. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Jesus. <laughs> we're out. <laughs>